to the Red Light Report. Your number one source for all things red light therapy. Where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are. Another solo sode, another several chapters through the new updated version of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. That's right, the fourth edition was dropped last week. So it is available currently on BioLite.shop. You can buy the ebook individually, or you can get the lifetime subscription, which would then give you access to every single updated version going forward. And again, I update this ebook about once or twice per year. And who knows for how many years, this could go dozens of editions down the road because I imagine there's gonna be that much new photobiomodulation research and red light therapy information that's coming over the years and years to come. But also there will be a Kindle version for those that like the Kindle, they will also give you access, for example, there's about a couple dozen, I think there is 24 health conditions or chapters that with a PDF version, you do kind of have to scroll through. So if you're wanting to do like a woman's health or, or wound healing, that's on the very bottom. The ebook's 160 plus pages at this point. So with the Kindle version, you'd be able to tap which chapter you want to go to and it would automatically take you there. So that's going to be a nice little addition or new feature of the Kindle version. And that will be available within the next week or so. And that will be on Amazon. So I'll be sure to update you guys here through the podcast, through social media, through email, when that Kindle version is available. Another update is at the time of this recording, there is two or three days left in the Republic crowdfunding campaign, your chance to invest and become a part owner in BioLite. So that means any money you invest will appreciate and increase in value as the value of BioLite increases over time. And if you do invest a certain amount, you will have a particular perk, and that's listed on the campaign page. So if you invest certain amounts, you may have access to a free guardian. If you invest a certain amount, you may have access to a free shine and a free guardian, and so on and so forth. So there's ways to attain some BioLite product while investing in a company you love, and a technology you love and appreciate. And again, that's only going on for another couple days or so at the time of this recording. Lastly, this podcast is dropping very early August, and I anticipate on BioLite releasing its new line of products by the end of August or early September. So the pre-sales should go live for that. I don't want to give too much away now, but I do want to bring it to your attention that we will have a new innovative product line. I will give you a little teaser that the product line is targeted towards pets, but at the same time, it's very, very versatile in many ways for humans as well. So by no means is it pets only, but that is kind of the target audience. But with that being said, if you have a pet, shoot, your pet can use it, you can use it, you can both use it. So there's going to be many ways to utilize this new product line. Again, that'll come out late August, early September. And again, you'll be updated here, email, social media, wherever you get your information from me or BioLite. But without further ado, guys, let's start trudging through the new information in the fourth edition of the ebook, just like we did last week, where we covered important concepts, we covered anxiety, stress, depression, we covered athletic and exercise performance. And lastly, we covered bone and joint health. So we're going to start off this week 
with a brand new section. Because as I relate to you guys last week, the section was called brain and nerve health previously. And so the brain is really its own category in a sense that there's a lot of health maladies that happen just in the brain. Yes, the brain and the spinal cord and peripheral nerves, they're all part of the central nervous system. But when we're talking Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, concussions, TBIs, that's brain and cognitive health specific. So that's what I've titled this uh, section is brain and cognitive health. And then later on in the ebook, there's a new section called nerve injury. And of course, that's going to cover spinal cord injuries, peripheral nerve injuries, and such. Both concepts are health conditions will be covered, but now they're going to have their own separate sections going forward. And that's the same for the website as well. There's a brain and cognitive health section now, and there's a nerve injury section. So let's begin with brain and cognitive health. As it relates to mitochondrial dysfunction, well, of course, in the brain, which is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in the body, because of course, it's the most energy intensive organ in the body. So there's going to be a lot of powerhouses, mitochondria in the brain. So of course, mitochondrial dysfunction is another root cause, along with poor cerebral vascular perfusion, underlying the vast majority of brain diseases. In Alzheimer's disease, mitochondrial dysfunction is the primary source of reactive oxygen species and contributes to the oxidative damage and neuroinflammation that induces neuronal damage and apoptosis. Mitochondrial dysfunction contributes to the development of depression and anxiety by impairing neurogenesis, neurotransmission, and synaptic plasticity necessary for successful adaptation to stressful conditions. Therefore, approaches targeting mitochondrial dysfunction may represent a potential avenue for preventing depression, anxiety, and memory loss in the development of Alzheimer's disease. I add a little section here in the ebook relative to Parkinson's disease. And so some research in this area shows that improved motor and cognitive functions have been reported following two weeks of transcranial red light therapy. And transcranial, of course, is red light therapy through the skull. And in order to get through the skull, it would have to be near infrared. So you wouldn't be using red because red only treats the skin. Other red light therapy positive effects for Parkinson's includes decreased beta amyloid degradation and clearance, increased brain-derived neurotrophic factor, decreased tau, decreased inflammation, increased memory, increased mitochondrial function and protection, and increased energy. Gut health seems to be another important aspect of Parkinson's disease, which I'll cover in a section relative to gut health because of the gut-brain access. We can do a lot of positive things for the brain just by treating the gut. And actually vice versa, you can treat the brain and see positive results in your gut. So that gut-brain access is bidirectional and it's proven in the research to be so with red light therapy. So keep that in mind if you're treating either. And I haven't seen research yet that treats both. I would have to think there's a synergistic effect. But again, we need that research to come out before we can definitively say that. And so there's quite a few sections of information in this brain and cognitive health section. Well, and that's because there's a lot of health conditions 
relative to the brain. And again, if we can get that near infrared light to the brain, even a small amount, we're going to see positive results. As we'll outline here in the ebook, there's a lot of ways red light therapy can be used transcranially to improve these conditions. And we'll start with autism. While the cause of autism spectrum disorder is uncertain, the most widely accepted explanation is that it is a complex neurodevelopmental disorder characterized by brain network abnormalities. EEG has shown local overconnectivity and long-range underconnectivity also involving the corpus callosum. Functional MRI studies revealed altered functional connectivity in the default mode network with a role in interoceptive awareness and mind wandering and which was implicated in social cognitive deficits of autism. So the main goal of therapy for children with autism is the improvement of socio-relational and communication skills. This goal is pursued through a combination of interventions such as speech therapy, parent training, social skills training, and cognitive behavioral therapy. In the presence of emotional and behavioral dysregulation, a pharmacological approach is often considered. Recently, though, there has been a growing interest in the potential of non-invasive brain stimulation in neurodevelopmental disorders thanks to their ability to modulate neuroplasticity and enhance cognitive, behavioral, and socio-emotional processes. Among new neuromodulation approaches, transcranial photobiomodulation is characterized by the non-invasive delivery of low-level light transcranially, which of course is through the skull. The target for light within single neurons is the mitochondria. So even in nerve tissue, of course, it's all the way down to that mitochondria again, where the transcranial photobiomodulation stimulates cytochrome C oxidase, just like it does anywhere. The consequence is that light enhances mitochondrial activity and hence ATP synthesis, leading to an activation of transcription factors associated with increased functional activity. Along with adults, Transcranial photobiomodulation could also be safely and efficiently used in children and adolescents, considering that several studies used red light therapy to treat pediatric samples with no reported or minimal side effects. In fact, research conducted in 2018 achieved results that demonstrated decreased irritability after treatment, suggesting the potential of transcranial photobiomodulation also in the treatment of children with autism. So some pretty cool information on the potential of red light therapy via near infrared through the skull to help with children or adults dealing with autism. We're moving on to the next section, cognitive health. So this is going to be a doozy, of course. Across the world, the number of people aged 60 and over has been growing faster than any other age group. Shout out to the baby boomers. The increase in life expectancy is related to many factors, including changes in the quality of life of the population, greater urbanization, nutritional improvement, increased personal hygiene, better sanitary conditions, and adequate work and home environments. On the other hand, longevity has been accompanied by an increase in cases of neurological diseases associated with aging, such as late-onset Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease, among others. However, aging is a physiological process not yet fully understood. 
And if we look at aging, aging is a multifactorial biological process characterized by a decline in physiological functions, including brain functions, that leads to diminished cognitive health. Studies with animals and humans demonstrate that red light therapy can improve cognitive function during this phase of life. It is likely that the capacity of red light therapy to facilitate brain energy and hemodynamic metabolism, reduce inflammatory and oxidative stress levels, and regulate the rate of apoptotic proteins is closely related to the beneficial effects on cognitive functions. Moreover, there is no evidence in the literature that red light therapy adversely affects brain activity in healthy older adults and patients with brain damage. So once again, there's no negative side effects or no contraindications in the research, specifically to the brain in this case. Thus, we can consider red light therapy to be a promising strategy for treating the cognitive deficits observed during aging. And so once again, transcranial photobiomodulation is one of the main ways to treat the brain via near-infrared light. Transcranial photobiomodulation can help improve cognitive health by increasing oxygenation, improving regional circulation and nutritional supplementation to the brain parenchyma by triggering nitric oxide production, which is an effective vasodilator. Transcranial photobiomodulation exerts anti-inflammatory function through modulation of the nuclear factor kappa-beta system, or NFKB, tumor necrosis factor, and beneficial regulation of other pro- and anti-inflammatory cytokines in brain parenchyma. Through complex regulation of signaling molecules and certain transcription factors, transcranial photobiomodulation light activates anti-apoptotic and anti-senescence cascades and further exerts neuroprotective effects on both healthy and impaired brain cells and tissue. And I'll just stop here for a second because I know that can probably be a mouthful for a lot of people, but everything that I just said, the anti-apoptotic, which means you're reducing cell death, and anti-senescence cascades, again, cleaning up the zombie cells or the dead cells that aren't doing anything, it leads to this neuroprotective, neuroregenerative effect. So all these things are positive if it sounds like a bunch of Greek to you. So, so just trust me on that. But moving on, transcranial photobiomodulation can also promote synaptogenesis and neurogenesis, also both good things, through activation of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which contributes to the infrastructure of brain function through environmental support by promoting new synaptic and neuronal growth. And of course, as we age, that's one thing that leads to a cognitive decline, potentially Alzheimer's, potentially dementia, is we're losing synapses, we're losing neuronal growth. In fact, there's neuronal pruning where you're losing connections. So the research is showing that red light therapy, that near-infrared light actually contributes to promoting new synapses and new neuronal growth. So you're actually literally reversing the H process in the brain. It's been long overdue, but hopefully well worth the wait. That's right. The fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook has finally been released. It's up, it's live, it's on the BioLite website. And for those that aren't super familiar, the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook, it was designed by me specifically to help you enhance your experience and results with red light therapy by giving you specific treatment protocols that are based on the research so you can pick specific protocols based on your health and wellness 
goals. The previous edition, the third edition, was around 90-95 pages. This fourth edition is over 160 pages. There's been a ton of information, research, and protocols added. For example, I've added entire sections on cancer, gut health, stem cells. A vast majority of the sections were updated with research. For example, there's several in anxiety, depression, bone and joint, brain health, eye health, gut health, nerve injury, and there's a couple in sleep. And I've added an entire woman's health cycle optimization protocol that Kayla Osterhoff recommended I put together. So I did. So the PDF ebook is available on the BioLite website right now, and there will be a Kindle version very soon. And if you're listening to this sometime in early August, it's probably already released by now. But for you guys, for my loyal Red Light Report listeners, I'm giving you guys a 15% discount on the ebook or the lifetime subscription if you don't have that already. Coupon code ebook4, the number four, at checkout to get your 15% off. Again, that's ebook4 at checkout, the number four. 15% off the ebook, 15% off the lifetime subscription. I hope you guys find this new version even more informational, educational, applicable, and leads to more effective results for your red light therapy treatments. So I genuinely hope you enjoy this fourth edition of the ebook. Moving on to a new section here, and this one is pretty novel or, or newish, and that's concussions and traumatic brain injuries or TBIs. And so there are several mechanisms known to be triggered by photons of near-infrared light, which can reduce inflammation, constrain reactive oxygen species damage, and activate ATP production in energy-compromised brain area affected by TBI. Continuous production of ATP is required for successful coordination of metabolic, synaptic, and immune efforts to consolidate the area of injury, facilitate recovery, and manage local immune response. Moreover, red light therapy-initiated neurogenesis and synaptogenesis promote re-establishment of axonal connectivity and rebuild the intrinsic nervous networks damaged in TBI. This approach is supported by literature to be quite effective in acute and chronic TBI treatment, considering general safety and demonstrated efficacy of transcranial photobiomodulation light stimulation in vivo and growing numbers of recent human clinical trials in this field. One of the first clinical trials, which was a small cohort study, using transcranial photobiomodulation light stimulations to treat chronic and mild TBI reported positive improvements in cognition, behavior, and sleep of patients, but also suggested that more robust placebo-controlled studies are needed to ensure reliability of transcranial photobiomodulation light in TBI treatment. And this isn't in the ebook, but there are some interesting case studies about concussion specifically and how not just by itself, you'd use it in combination with physical therapy and, and other treatment modalities, But red light therapy, when added to this approach, enhances the recovery and accelerates the recovery process. So again, case studies by no means are the strongest source of information or research, but it does point things in a certain direction. And when you have enough case studies add up, you can get a real good grasp of the potential, in this case, red light therapy for concussions and TBIs. But as was pointed out, there needs to be more robust placebo-controlled studies, randomized controlled trials, and such before we can conclusively demonstrate its efficacy and safety. But it's certainly headed in the right direction. And the last subsection here 
in brain and cognitive health is Parkinson's disease. And there has been an increasing understanding of the link between the gut microbiome, the enteric nervous system, and a number of diseases such as kidney disease, liver disease, and cardiovascular disease. Acknowledgement of the importance of the gut-brain axis has increased the recognition of the link between microbiome balance and brain function. It is appreciated that some bacteria that compose the gut microbiome are associated with a range of behavioral dysfunctions and neurodegenerative diseases. This is especially true in Parkinson's disease. For example, dysbiosis of the gut microbiome can reduce the number of short-chain fatty acid-producing bacteria, which in turn increases local inflammatory signaling. And so a reduction in short-chain fatty acid production reduce gastrointestinal functional and anatomical integrity and a consequent increase in the movement of bacterial metabolites like lipopolysaccharides across the gut wall are all features of Parkinson's disease resulting in increased inflammation. So again, a reduction in short-chain fatty acid production, reduced gastrointestinal integrity, and the movement of lipopolysaccharides across the gut wall all leads to inflammation, which are hallmark features of Parkinson's. To date, four non-pharmacotherapeutic interventions have been suggested to slow the progression of Parkinson's disease via manipulation of the microbiome, which include diet, pro and prebiotics, antibiotics, and fecal microbiota transplant. And based on recent research, red light therapy is a potential novel fifth intervention and may complement new and existing treatment strategies. As a potential therapy, red light therapy would ideally be commenced as early as possible in the disease trajectory, just like a concussion or TBI or pain or anything really as early as possible, before severe reduction or complete elimination of beneficial bacteria from the microbiome and may be best combined with diet, pre- and probiotics, or fecal microbiota transplant to restore microbiome genera. The microbiome of people with Parkinson's disease is complex, highly individual, and potentially influenced by many factors such as diet, lifestyle medications, as well as disease state, comorbidities, and the stage of Parkinson's. So some pretty promising things in those areas. Alzheimer's, autism, cognitive health just due to aging, concussions and TBIs, and Parkinson's disease. There's a lot of great information the research is coming out faster and faster in these areas. So there's a lot of interest, which is great. And there is a lot of research that we'll cover here that I added to this ebook. So let's, let's cover them now. This first piece of research is from 2022. So kind of hot off the press. They say that given the importance of altered gut microbiota in Parkinson's disease sufferers, any improvement in the bacterial balance has the potential to assist in the stabilization of Parkinson's disease symptoms. The observed changes to the gut microbiome of the participants in this study, whose clinical signs and symptoms also improved with photobiomodulation, lend support to the important role of microbiome changes in Parkinson's disease. 
This next piece of research uh, is from 2020, and it's about concussions. Uh, it says that the results found an alteration in the cerebral blood flow, as well as consequent increase of the cerebral oxygenation that helped to improve the cerebral function. So, you know, pretty simple, straightforward, but good to see there's some uh, specific research on concussions, uh, near-infrared light improving uh, blood flow and oxygenation to the brain. This next piece is on autism, and this one's from 2022. They say that a relevant reduction in non-compliant behavior and in parental stress have been found. Moreover, a reduction in behavioral and cognitive rigidity was reported, as well as an improvement in the intentional functions and in sleep quality. So a lot of good things there about red light therapy and autism. Basically, an increase in compliant behavior and a decrease in parental stress. And then improvements in attentional functions and sleep quality. So a lot of good things. I hope more and more uh, research comes out in that area. This next piece uh, looks like it's talking about Alzheimer's. And this one's from 2021. They say that our results demonstrate that photobiomodulation treatment conferred protective effects on reducing neuronal apoptosis neuronal degeneration, and neuronal damage. Serving as a non-invasive treatment, the beneficial effects of photobiomodulation treatment can be attributed to, in part, its ability to improve mitochondrial function. Thus, these findings suggest that photobiomodulation has potential as a treatment method to improve anxiety and depression in Alzheimer's disease patients at the early stages of Alzheimer's and may be a promising option to delay Alzheimer's disease progression. This next piece of research is from, looks like 2021. They say that in the study, we have observed reduction of tremor with noticeable improvement of balance in patients with Parkinson's disease-associated dementia. So not only are you seeing direct effects in the brain, but now you're seeing direct effects in motor control, which of course is controlled by the brain, but increased balance and reduction in tremor. So that's pretty cool. This next one is in Alzheimer's, and it is from 2021. They say that, in conclusion, gut flora-targeted photobiomodulation provides a new possible non-invasive prevention and treatment method for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease and provides a new hope for Alzheimer's disease patients. So, I mean, that says it all right there. Treating the gut and providing new hope for Alzheimer's disease patients. And in my mind, and this isn't in the research, this isn't medical advice, but I would hazard a guess that if you were to treat your gut even once a week, I think you could, as a prophylactic measure, mitigate and or prevent your chances of coming down with Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's or, or stuff like this, dementia. And quite honestly, that's why I do it myself. I use a shine device or I use a panel if, if that's what I need to use, but I'll use red and near infrared light on my gut and I'll just slowly move it around to different sections of my gut for about 10 minutes, eight to 10 minutes. And again, I'll do that about once a week, not because I'm trying to treat a gut condition or anything, but there are gut health benefits to be had and we'll, we'll get to that in the section in this ebook. But again, you're, you're improving cognitive health, you're improving your mental state and mood, but then you're also preventing these types of conditions from becoming a, a reality. So if, if you can prevent stuff like this, <laughs> with the simplicity of light, it's like how, how much better and easier does it get? Non-pharmacological, non-invasive, safe, comfort of your home. I, I say that all the time, but that's the beauty of red light therapy. 
There's still several pieces of research here, so let's keep on moving. This one is from 2022, and they say that we conclude that photobiomodulation promotion of cranial and extracranial lymphatic system, i.e. the glymphatic system in the brain. So again, we conclude that photobiomodulation promotion of cranial and extracranial lymphatic system function might be a promising strategy for the treatment of brain diseases associated with cerebrospinal fluid outflow abnormality. So that was kind of an interesting piece of research to cite here, but nonetheless, it has to do with the brain and improving cranial function. So it's in there. But if you're able to irradiate the lymphatic system or the glymphatic system and that you can improve cerebral spinal fluid outflow, then hey, that's going to mitigate some brain diseases. I'm all for it. This next one here, we have three pieces of research here left. This one is from 2021. And they go on to say that, in conclusion, the present findings provide evidence that photobiomodulation improves visual memory and reduces cognitive efforts in completing tasks with higher memory loads, which suggests that the use of photobiomodulation in treating older adults with mild cognitive impairments. So there you go again, just treating people with an aging brain, and you're able to improve things like visual memory, reducing cognitive efforts, they can complete tasks more easily. So I think there's basically a time and place for anyone and everyone to use red light therapy on their brain and or their gut for brain health and or gut health. Pretty cool stuff. This one's for dementia. And this one is from 2021. The research says that the preliminary evidence of clinical benefit, the lack of any adverse effects, and the remarkable ease of use suggest larger clinical trials should be conducted as soon as possible. And again, that was in an article talking about red light therapy for dementia. So they're just saying outright that according to the research, there's no negative side effects. There's remarkable ease of use. And we need more research as soon as possible. And that's kind of where I am too. We're starting to see more and more, but we we need more and more yet. So we can see all of the different benefits and really how to specifically wield this light to our benefit. And then looking at this last piece of research, which is from... 2021, they said that after eight weeks of photobiomodulation treatments, increased brain volumes, improved functional connectivity, and increased cerebral perfusion and improvements in neurophysiological test scores were observed. So that's a lot of good stuff to have improvements with over the course of two months. That's the power of light though. Pretty darn cool. That's the end of that section. So that's brain and cognitive health. And in the ebook, I'll just let you guys know the protocols I've developed. There's Alzheimer's disease via the gut. There's autism. There's concussions and TBI. Dementia. Parkinson's disease via the brain. Parkinson's disease via the gut. And even stroke. So those are all the protocols that are in this fourth edition of the ebook. We're going to wrap up with this next section because it's a brand new section and there's a lot of information to cover yet. And this one is cancer. So I'm sure this is a section or some information you guys have been waiting for. And once again, it's a new section in the ebook, and it has been added to the website. So you can go check it out on the website as well. But let's move forward here with the information and uh, the research. Since 1967, the number of clinical applications of light therapy has increased steadily in multiple medical fields. And in recent years, Red light therapy has been widely used for supportive care of cancer patients. 
the best studied cancer therapy-related complication for which red light therapy is recommended is oral mucositis. Red light therapy also has beneficial effects in the management of soft tissue necrosis in patients with head and neck cancer and therapy-induced bone necrosis. For more than 20 years, red light therapy has been used in the management of oral mucositis and head and neck cancer patients, and no significant adverse effects have been documented. And I'll say that again, in those two cancer-related conditions, there's been no significant adverse effects documented. And that's kind of a question I get a lot is, if I irradiate my tumor or my cancer area, is it going to accentuate it or make it grow faster or, or, you know, cause it to get worse. And I'm not here to say no. I'm just here to outline the research that says no negative side effects were, were documented with these two conditions, oral mucositis and head and neck cancer. But still, it's interesting to note nonetheless. Other potential applications of red light therapy for management of cancer-related conditions include xerostomia, dysgeusia, I'm I'm butchering these, excuse me, radiodermatitis, post-radiotherapy fibrosis, chronic oral graft versus host disease, and brain cancer-related lymphedema has been reported. Possible ways in which red light therapy has an impact on the disease state are through modulation of inflammation, ulceration, pain, edema, fibrosis, and muscular and neurological injury. A suitable dose of red light therapy can slow down tumor growth and prolong the lifespan of mice. The immunoglobin activity in 60 oncologic patients can be increased with red light therapy in the tumoral area or lymph nodes. Recently, red light therapy has been used for managing chemoradiotherapy in the head and neck cancer patients. Red light therapy with adequate radiation time can induce apoptosis in human lung adenocarcinoma cells in cell culture. Therefore, a suitable red light therapy can be used to treat cancer. And again, that's being cited from the research. That's not me saying that. So through everything that was just said in this paragraph, their conclusion is that therefore, a suitable red light therapy can be used to treat cancer. It is key to understand the effect of different red light therapy parameters, such as wavelength and fluence, energy and time, and experimental models before applying and evaluating red light therapy correctly. This is due to a clear contrast between in vivo and human studies versus in vitro cell culture studies related to the tumor microenvironment. And that's important to note. There's a lot of great research out there about red light therapy and its potential for cancer, But we need definitive parameters and protocols before any of them can be developed for the masses. And so, and that's why I haven't been able to develop one for this ebook. There's just not enough clear cut research. And the research is covering a myriad of different cancers. So, to provide a protocol, it just wouldn't be safer or fair for people to start following these protocols if if we really just don't have enough robust research. Again, the research there shows some promise, shows some benefits, doesn't seem to have any negative side effects or contraindications, which is great, but I just can't develop any uh, protocols yet. Uh, But moving on here to the last little bit of information. Uh, The benefits of the use of red light therapy and levels of theoretical risk should be considered for the best patient care. In the opinion of a 2020 systematic review, 
they went on to say that current evidence supports the use of red light therapy in accepted indications. Future research should be conducted to better define optimal red light therapy parameters for each of the complications of cancer treatment. In addition, the ideal timing, meaning prophylactic versus therapeutic uses, and frequency of red light therapy administration should be determined as well as how long red light therapy should be continued after the completion of cancer treatment. So once again, while there's a lot of promising research, we still need more to better define how to best utilize red light therapy for optimal use and optimal safety and efficacy. But with that being said, let's look at the research. There's a decent amount here. This first piece is from 2020, and they go on to say that while additional clinical trials and follow-up are desirable, the current evidence supports the safety of photobiomodulation in the established protocols through consensus guidelines in the management of cancer therapy-related side effects. This next piece from 2021, they say that side effects induced by cancer therapy have a detrimental effect on the patient's well-being and may delay or even prevent the patients from completing treatment regimens. Photobiomodulation is already an established tool for supportive treatment in cancer patients. The advent of a self-applied personal photobiomodulation treatment with easy-to-apply protocols for a variety of side effects makes this technology an important, accessible, and safe supportive care option. So that's a pretty big piece of research right there. Uh, This next one is specifically regarding oral mucositis from uh, 2020. Results showed that photobiomodulation-treated patients had improved local regional disease control and a better progression-free and overall survival. So that's pretty darn solid research, or at least a conclusion. This next piece of research is from 2022. They say that photobiomodulation for oral mucositis reduced weight loss and prevented a reduction in BMI in patients who underwent chemoradiotherapy for head and neck cancer. So, of course, one of the number one symptoms of of going through cancer therapy treatment is you're losing a lot of weight and your BMI goes down. You're malnourished. I mean, you're just losing it all. So, for something like photobiomodulation to reduce weight loss and prevent a reduction in BMI, you know, that's pretty darn solid. So, again, red light therapy, there's research showing it can help you lose weight. It can help you kind of trim some fat cells off. But then there's another application where that same light can actually reduce your weight loss and reduce your BMI reduction, in this case with cancer. That's the power of light. It gives your body what it needs, when it needs. It can modulate it up, it can modulate it down. It's just whatever your body needs. So pretty cool. The last couple pieces of research. This one is from 2022 as well. They go on to say that the results of studies consistently show that photobiomodulation can reduce melanoma cell viability. In vivo studies demonstrated that photobiomodulation also could inhibit the proliferation of melanoma cells in animal models. That's pretty darn cool because skin cancer is quite an issue. And so if something like red light therapy can inhibit the proliferation, you know, that's fantastic. So I'd like to see lots more red light therapy or photobiomodulation research in the skin cancer area going forward because we know You can use red light therapy, you can precondition your skin so that you can go outside, be exposed to the full spectrum sunlight, be exposed to that UV ray for longer before you get that urethemic, that redness response. 
So there is many ways I think that red light therapy can be used for skin cancer. I just We just need more research. And the last piece of research here, this one is from 2020. They go on to say that photobiomodulation therapy might be an effective treatment strategy to manage cancer-induced peripheral neuropathy with very encouraging reports from renowned teams, but evidence is limited. More methodologically uniform research, mainly regarding the parameters of photobiomodulation, is needed to support the use of photobiomodulation for this indication. Promising research, but we just need more robust research in this area. So there's a lot of potential for red light therapy and cancer, but I think we're just gonna have to wait for the months and years to go by so we can get more robust information and really fine tune it and fine tune its utilization, again, for safety, for efficacy, for benefits. That's where we're gonna end today, guys. We covered two big important sections. We covered brain and cognitive health, and we covered cancer, both which are essentially new sections, both in the ebook and on the website. And again, just to remind you guys, there's no cancer protocol in the ebook because, again, we need more research. So next week, we will begin with eye health and move forward from there. Well, it might not be next week, but the next solo sode, we will uh, continue with eye health and move forward in this fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. And if anyone counted how many times I said photobiomodulation in this episode, and you uh, let me know, and it's exactly correct, I'll, I'll give you a high five. How about that? Because I'm pretty sure it was upwards of 50 plus times. <laughs> it's a lot of syllables, photobiomodulation. But I digress. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you're enjoying the new information. It should be enlightening, pun intended. And we'll just keep on keeping on learning about the power of light and the way it can positively affect our health. So without further ado, I appreciate every single one of you listening. Appreciate your support. If you could take a quick 15 to 30 seconds and leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would greatly appreciate it. But nonetheless, I will see you guys on the next episode or the next solo sode. As always, get outside, get that full spectrum sunlight, use a red light therapy device. But in the end, just make sure you're lighting up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.